Welcome to the Lobby Bar Podcast with your hosts, Roy Park and Jason Ginhart. All right. Well, welcome to the Lobby Bar Podcast, Chaz. Good to have you. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate being here. Yeah. So, um, Chad, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the industry. It's funny because I've been having a lot of conversation with people lately mm-hmm. and about my, my coffee chats and all that. And there's this this there's this theme that I fall in. And I pretty much just fell into work comp, right? No idea what it was. Um, I graduated college in 2011 and I wanted to do government work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I tried applying all sorts of jobs, wasn't happening. I saw this entry level job with a TPA. All right, give it a shot and got hired and it really was like all right here's 200 files old paper files you know just super thick like here like balance these out take these take that and um it was just kind of a a sink or swim mentality Mm -hmm. and uh just from there i just i I, excuse me i I absorbed it and um i I, once i started i knew okay adjusting it works, you know, it's, it's I'm learning a lot. I was like, you know what? I want to be, a, I want to be on the employer side, like on yeah. the client side. I think that's where, where I want to go. And, um, yeah, I kept, kept at it, kept adjusting, kept learning all the, the laws, everything else. And then I saw this position with Amazon and I was like, Hey, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And, um, went through the, the first phone screen and I was like, ah, I'm not going to get it. Not going to happen. Yeah, we'll get a call. I'll still focus on adjusting. Then he got the second one. All right, do it again. Um, not going to happen just because I just kind of kept in the back of my head. I didn't want to get my hopes up, right? So then uh, passed the second one. Then they gave me, okay, here, come for an on-site interview. Crap. Okay. So then did that <laughs> and then got the job. And uh, yeah, started with Amazon in 2017. And uh, since then, just taking that same mentality, I learned from adjusting and uh just trying to absorb everything could on the employer side, like mm-hmm. different lines of risk, different lines of insurance, um, what things to look for as an employer and just kind of continue like building up. Yeah. And, um, I was able to kind of use that. Yeah. You know, I started as a work comp manager, got promoted, um, to the next level. And then last year got promoted into a regional work comp manager. So kind of greater, greater responsibilities and everything. And then just still trying to navigate, um, what my next steps are. Yeah. And then honestly, before this, um, fun fact, I was a, a phlebotomist in uh, an emergency room. Oh, so wow. completely different. <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> so um, as a regional work comp manager at uh, Amazon, what, what are you doing? Yeah, so I oversee uh, four main states out, out here west, and I oversee the, the team of work comp managers within there. And mainly the, the responsibility is to make sure that you know we're being compliant with, with California and those other states uh, with the work comp laws and regulations, You know, making sure that our, our employees, our associates are being taken care of, and just to, to really manage the work comp program, especially the, the day-to-day operations of it. How many folks... Uh or I guess employees at this point are in your region um, that you're in charge of. Yeah. So, and just as of recently, it's me and one other regional, just because we we have grown. Um, there's about 16 of us. Um, well, two regionals and then 16 or 14 work comp managers, 16 total. Um, and we kind of oversee just the entire states and the work comp managers. They are they're they're handling the actual like the day to day at the actual sites. Like they're more interactive with the associates and forward facing, whereas we're kind of on the the back end overseeing them. How many, how many associates are in your region? 
a lot. A lot. Yeah, do you even <laughs> yeah. have any idea? I mean, it probably changes oh, so often, right? Yeah, it really does. I mean, but I mean, you got to think outside of just like the the warehouses, the fulfillment centers. It's corporate. It's all the the subsidiaries. It's 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 everything. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a significant size. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. So, are you are you managing the claims, or you're managing kind of the safety program with um, dealing with the employees on site? The, the claims, the actual, like the work comp. So safety, they are a separate team and we, we worked with them or we work with them on, on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, to make sure that there's the cohesion um, between the two teams. But yeah, we're, we're on the back end. So we're, you know, we're, what it, we're, we're making sure that, you know, we're taking care of the associate, but also trying to, to mitigate whatever risk that, that come up. Um, it's challenging in a positive way you know trying to trying to work with with other teams to to do like the injury prevention but also um they like said kind of reduce our claim exposure at the tail end gotcha you know amazon is somewhat uniquely positioned to uh, manage risk in a really ever-changing environment um, you guys went from selling books to selling pretty much everything under the sun. Then you guys bought Whole Foods and then you, you know, are looking at opening your own retail stores and things like that. And just such a diverse portfolio of um, business models. How do you, um, like what are some of your core principles that you kind of look to in dealing with these claims? Yeah, so I think, I mean, we, we hold true to all of Amazon's leadership principles, but you know the the core focus is our our customer obsession, right? So for us, our customers are our employees, and it's it's making sure that you know we we take care of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and you guys know, especially when it comes to California comp, it is <laughs> it's confusing, yeah. right? Like, um, you know, just a little side story. Like when I do when I used to do trainings on site, I used to bring in my labor code. Like here, <laughs> that's work comp, guys. Like get used to it um but you know we want to make sure that we you know we we are customer obsessed that we are doing right by the associate that we are doing processes and improvements that improve the associate experience when it comes to work comp because especially you know trying to navigate through the system between the internal teams between the external teams between the doctors between just the, the work comp system in general it gets confusing right and i think not just for for amazon for every employer you know by by focusing more uh be more like an advocate for the employee you know you, you get better outcomes right how do you handle um managing these employees there's so many injured employees and such a vast <clears throat> uh geographic coverage, you know, that you, that your team has to deal with. How do you handle your communications with all these different folks? Yeah. Luckily for us, it's, it's making sure that we are, we are training the sites since the sites are interacting with them on the, the floor level, you know, training them kind of saying those expectations on, on what to expect, what to look for, what to, how to have the, the conversations with the associates. Um, but we are, we're readily available for them, even though we're not on site, like you can give us a call, you can ping us, whatever it may be. Um, and we do get a lot of emails and calls from, from our associates, but you know, we, we try being as readily available to, to talk whatever issues out. Um, and it's also making sure that we are giving them the information up front so they know exactly what to expect, right? Who to contact who, because not, we don't handle every single aspect of it. You know, it may be some type of leave situation or a safety issue, whatever it may be. 
but giving them the information up front, but here, this is who you need to call. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been successful, right? I mean, we've, we've grown exponentially just in, just Amazon and in, in, in general, and especially the work comp team. Um, and yeah, we, we definitely pride ourselves on, you know, having successful outcomes with our interactions with the associates. So kind of switching gears a little bit, I feel like a lot of smaller employers, they, they can get away with some inefficiencies in their programs just by virtue of the scale of their program. But being as large as you guys are, I would imagine that inefficiencies kind of come to light pretty quickly. Um, what were some kind of inefficiencies that you've encountered um, that, and, and how did you deal with them? Um, just on a real high level, I'd say, you know, we, we were looking heavily at like manual processes. And I think every employer can do the same, right? Like what, what are you doing on a repetitive basis that is manually done? And for us, like with the scale, like we, we focus hard on that. So whether it's, um, looking at avenues for, for automation, looking at, um, I mean, pretty much that like automation bots, um, anything that we can do to make ourselves more efficient Mm -hmm. so we can scale our work. Um, and I think even large, small employers, they need to do the same. Yeah. And I think just across the board with technology getting better, being, being more efficient, employers should be looking at that, right. right? Like what can they do to make sure that, you know, they are leveraging their tech to provide the information to their injured workers, to their employees? Um, what are they doing to manage their data right mm-hmm. and, and check like their loss runs and like how how are they keeping track of their their claims program to to drive um drive improvements mm-hmm. um and really it's just like for us it, it's just that like just being as efficient as possible mm-hmm. i hope that understand like they, yeah they answered it <laughs> and generally is that in communications with the injured worker are you is it, is it texting is it emailing or i mean wh- how are you gaining that efficiency um, I mean, kind of not necessarily tech, but just like all of the above. Right. And it's not just like, we're just like pushing more emails out, but just like, how can we, how can we automate the emails that we send that we know like, okay, we were constantly sending this, uh, this introduction email. Do we have to send it like manually go in and send it? No, let's figure out a way to automate that at mm-hmm. certain key points. Um, and then it's also our partnerships, our partnerships with our, um, our third-party um, administrators, our occupational clinics, you know, and, and setting up the, those expectations like, hey, you know, we want A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. Like if this claim is filed, we will make sure these things are happening to slightly delegate it off our plate, but then also we're, we're giving the responsibility to the right people. I actually have a friend who works in a space kind of like that. It's like a third-party vendor, but she, um, their kind of product is kind of AI-driven communications with the injured workers and to kind of automate some of these processes that happen on every claim. So when you, you know, kind of sign on with them, they build the system for you to, once you just enter the data, the injured worker gets a text and an email and, and they can come onto this website and interact with the adjusters. And it's, it's key. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, you think uh, we were having a chat beforehand where we're so, driven by like social media and like having our phones on us at all times. So right. like put that in the hands of the, the injured employee, right? right? Like give them that access. So they're not having to, you know, call 20 different people to, to get to the, the bottom of it. Right. right? Like here, here's, here's a text, like mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, 
you know, we're, we're definitely not there, but you know, I think just holistically like employers should be driving towards that. Yeah. Do you have any ideas or, and, and in generalities programs that you're hoping to roll out or improve efficiency in that you see coming out in the future? Um, nothing, nothing specific. Cause with, with us, it's just, you know, trying to keep tabs on the, the scale, right. And, and the growth, um, I mean, but really I think our, our big thing, it's just going to like tie back into just all automation, but really nothing, nothing specific that I would actually be able to speak on <laughs> to, to actually roll out. I feel like even just COVID, um, brought up a lot of inefficiencies, at least for oh, us, yeah. you know, like dealing with a bunch of restrictions, people not being able to come into work and you're like, man, there's a lot of areas that we can, you know, automate or centralize to um, make it more efficient. And then also like the hard thing right now is no one wants to work. You know, we right. have job postings for basically every position right now in every office. We get like four resumes, you know, like it's crazy, but it's because we don't have work from home, like in bold print in the ad. Oh yeah. 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 And honestly, that that's across the board. I've, I've been like the, <laughs> I've been talking to people in different industries and that's like the, the general trend. Yeah. Right. And even if you're, you're driving along, you see at like fast food restaurants, like offering sign on bonuses, yeah. right? Like yeah. things that you never see in the past, but like, no, like they, they need help. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. But I agree. Like everyone, like it's the, and I, like my team, like we're very fortunate to work from home. Um, you know, it has its challenges, right? Mm -hmm. Especially like for me, a six-year-old and a four-year-old, like <laughs> trying trying to balance schedules, everything else, but super fortunate. I think there's a lot of employees or employers who probably adapted during COVID mm -hmm. and who may be thinking, okay, let's get people back in the office. But it's like, do you really want to? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. because, you know, with the, the great resignation, like, people having to go back to the office like no i'm good yeah i'll, I'll find something else right. i like that term the great resignation right yeah, it's fantastic yeah. <laughs> yeah. do you have a specific sector of your business that you find the risk to me the most difficult to manage um i mean honestly it's across the board you know because we have you know we we oversee every single aspect within each state um you know the the, the bulk of it will be our warehouses because you know that's how we do our, our business. Um, but I think just for, for us and every employer, like now speaking specifically on California, it just keeping up with changes, keeping up with the case law, right? Like when, when you mentioned when the COVID hit and, um, with a SB one, one five, nine, when that rolled out. Right. And then, um, trying to, to adapt, trying to make sure that we're being a compliant, it's just, it's a constant revolving door. Right. Um, so I think that's like always going to be our, our challenge and I said, not just for us, but for, for all employers. Yeah. That was a tough time for everybody. Just, was, yeah. I mean, everything was changing so fast. Mm -hmm. Work environments were changing laws were changing and just trying to keep up with it. It was well, and, and especially with that one, like how, like the, the, the calculations, right. And like the little quirks with it, it's like, okay do this and I'll carry the two, make sure that's <laughs> fine. But yeah, it's, you know, these days metrics seem to be really kind of a hot topic. Speaking my language. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I know that most TPAs have been keeping track of a lot of data for a long time now. And, you know, the organization and the interpretation of that data is really where the cost savings happen. Right. Yeah. And so, and I mean, 
to the point where now they're starting to have like legal bill review, which, you know, didn't exist pre, you know, maybe four or five years ago. But, you know, someone along the line was analyzing the data and said, lawyers are making too much money. We got to we got to start cutting their bills. But and I understand that those companies also provide metrics for, you know, their clients. But what kind of metrics do you keep like a closest eye on? What do you think provides the most value? So it's funny, legal is one of them, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially for, you know, California, it's you know, yeah. a large cost driver for all employers. Right. Um, but we don't, we, we, we have, as with every employer should like, you know, established KPIs that, you know, we, we look at like the, you know, TTD closing ratio, stuff like that. Um, but for us, we're, you know, we're definitely interested in kind of what that, that the year over year or the, the, the quarters, like what, what the trends are. Mm -hmm. And not just with maybe with like any specific site, but just in general terms, like mm -hmm. where, where are those cost drivers, whether it's, um, you know, uh, people off work mm -hmm. or, um, like size of the TDD spend, or even like there's times we kind of take a more, uh, more of a deeper look, like on our individual expenses, mm -hmm. right? Like what's, what's the driving cost? Like my big thing going into this next year is going to be looking at the cost for, um, records for QMEs, mm -hmm. right? With the legislation oh, okay. in April, right? Like that, I know that's going to be a cost driver. So mm -hmm. it makes sure I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of it and implementing the right things, um, just to stay on top of it. But, um, but really there's no hard fast. It's just more so like taking the data, taking the visualizations of it. Cause that's what we're big on. We have, you know, we, we utilize things like Tableau, mm -hmm. um, to make sure that we're able to see where those cost drivers are and then just start drilling down. Can you think of any of the metrics that you've gotten or especially these new ones that are rolling out these last few years that we've seen the TPAs putting together? Can you think of any of the, um, the metrics that you're getting that when you reviewed it could do something with it that made a big impact on your, on your, uh, your claims program? Oh, that's a good question. I know you mentioned the TTD spend, you know, like it did you use that for a return to work kind of program i mean obviously you have that but yeah you know did you change anything i guess that when you got that information yeah so actually there was there's been a couple of big things that um we implemented like well like you mentioned like the return to work on sites but you know we we do a, a non-profit program as well so um i know other employers do something similar to where they're um if the if the employer can't accommodate then they're partnering with like the goodwills whoever it may be those nonprofits, so they can be accommodated on site Right, still get their same pay benefits else, but to kind of help mitigate that that TDD spend, and something like that's been super successful for us. Um, and then more specifically, kind of like looking at like medical medical spend. I can't get into the details, but like you know, saying if our specialty care is maybe increasing a little bit, then partnering with that clinic, like okay, what's happening? Why are we going to specialty? And we've been successful in kind of um, having those conversations to make sure that you know the care is being provided in the right context in the right scope, and then also kind of mitigating our costs and risks. Is there any data that you've thought, or I, I guess we're back to using the term metrics, metrics that you don't get that you think, oh, that'd be helpful in managing my program? I guess it'd be the, the saying is, uh, you don't know what you don't know. I guess, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and I think that's, that's a, a challenge for all employers, right? Where it's like, you know, the the carriers the tpas and like you said there, there's a wealth of data um are they are they being up front like and i'm not trying to say like they're they're keeping it from us right but it's like maybe they don't know we want it 
right? And provide, hey, we, we're, we're tracking this, here you go. Um, but I think it's just a key for maybe all employers just to, to ask, right? And I wouldn't know off the top of my head, like specifically like what to ask, but like, it's always a question um, that helped us out. Like, what are you doing or are you providing this for another employer? Like, what is it? Or what are you doing for other employers that we can use? Right, just see what the options are. Same thing for data. Like, what what metrics do you have that other employers are looking at that we can? So when you, I mean, for like vendor partners and people, when you're evaluating them, you know, your TPA probably has some data on on the the potential, you know, prospective uh, vendor partners. What type of data do you look for from vendor partners when when you're kind of interviewing them? Yeah, so, and it, it's it's kind of funny because we've been talking a lot about like vendors and everything uh, on on LinkedIn and elsewhere, um, but it's twofold, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not going to be consistent across all vendors, mm-hmm. but like say for um, legal, mm-hmm. right? Like I like to know kind of what your wins are, mm-hmm. right? Like what where are your cost savings? Like what are you doing to to get those successes? Mm-hmm. But it's also the the relationship building, mm-hmm. right? Like if we build a, a strong relationship with a, an attorney and we know how they work. They know how we operate. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're, we're kind of looking at different vendors, we're kind of going down the road. Yeah, we, we talk with them, we interview them mm-hmm. and we just see if like they would be a, a good cultural fit. They understand the Amazon way, like how, like I said, how we operate. And um, yeah, I think it's like just kind of twofold. Yeah. Okay. So something I noticed, um, that Amazon um, deliveries were being delivered by just like, it'd be like a random Prius or, you know, a guy in a Sentra just dropping off boxes. Um, And then that was happening for a while. And then now these days I see a lot more of the branded kind of Amazon trucks and, or vans, I should say. Um, And it's, it seems like California's thrown, you know, legally thrown, uh, some hurdles out there for the gig economy. Um, but like, how do you deal with the employee uh, subcontractor kind of issue? Yeah. So we'll, we'll kind of like highlight at least the first part, um, super, two super cool programs. Like the first one, the, the, the guy driving up the Prius, like those are going to be like the, the gig workers, right. That are flex drivers. Um, so like your Ubers, your Postmates, um, and we, they're, they're, they're still there. Mm-hmm. And like when it comes to the, the, the delivery vans, that's our delivery service provider program, which is actually super cool too, because those are all independently owned, right? Like if you, if you wanted to be, if you want to start a business, right? Like you can go on, you can Google like Amazon delivery service provider and there's a steps on how you can do that. Oh, wow. So those guys are contractors too. Yeah. I mean, not even really contract, their yeah. own business owners. Own businesses, yeah. 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 From what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, Chad they own their own companies right yeah. and they're and even though they're driving the amazon vans i've they build the vans up and they kind of run their own operation right and they can even have other vans working for them yeah like yeah. you can start up your whole logistics and transportation company oh, like wow. so it's it's a cool thing i i can't get into like the the details like the back end um but at least in terms of the like we're both of them like managing them it's it's the same thing with, with any employer. It's making sure that whatever it is that we're being in compliance with, with the laws and regulations. I will say the flex drivers definitely threw a curve. <laughs> we were, were, were on, on top of that. 
Um, but we we managed it like we you know we we partnered with the the appropriate stakeholders, our our internal and external stakeholders, to make sure okay, what's the best path forward, and how can we make sure that we are we are in compliance with this new law, new new regulations. Um, oh yeah. So and like I said again, it's the the, the DSP thing. Like um, it, it's a cool cool concept, right? Because what other not that I know off the top of my head, but what other employers like here, you can be part of Amazon, but own your own business. There you go. Yeah. With the, with the law changes, have you had to re- reclassify any group of workers under, under your business? No, not necessarily. Um, I mean, we've, we kind of kept that all, all status quo. Um, but it's more so just being able to, to navigate again, just to make sure that, you know, we're not getting thrown any, any curveballs, right? We're and we're making sure that we're we're being in compliance. Yeah, because the law change was pretty specific about like how many hours the person had to work to be considered yeah. an employee. So as long as you kind of track that and know who's not. Yeah, and then with that, it, it's because um, what it was first uh, it was Dynamax mm-hmm. and then AB five and then prop 22 and just kind of like this, this roller coaster ride. Right. But, um, what, what we have in place now, it's, it's, it's working strong. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Do you see any changes for your risk program in the future, improve it or change it in any way? Um, I think it definitely tie back into what we were talking about earlier is just being more efficient, right? It's, and again, this should go across in, in my, my opinion across the board for all employers, but like, you can't continue to scale, right? You can't keep just adding bodies and, and, and growing a team out. You have to look at ways you can be efficient and do with what you have. Um, so it's, it's the constant cycle of looking at our processes. What can we delegate off? What can we, what can we streamline? Um, and we're just kind of going to continue going down that road. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll be just like with any employer still get our curveballs thrown at us and, and navigate that appropriately um but yeah but no no like uh i would say like hard fast on on how we're gonna go but no just holistically is just how we can be more efficient what's the what's the hardest thing you've had to deal with in terms of just the the rapid growth you know in terms of scaling your program with the wild growth you've had the change right um people ask me like when i when i do interviews and everything like so what's what would be your your key recommendation you got to be open to change (laughs) um because you know it's 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 day one culture you know it's how we we stay innovative it's how we we continue to drive and push forward and stay on top of things um and if you are one who likes to be structured and stay in that one place you're going to struggle. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's plenty of times it's like, yeah, I have a great idea and I'll start, you know, I'll push something out. I'll draft up my, my documentation. And by the time I'm done, it's just like, nah, you're good. It's all <laughs> well, it, done. Or, or maybe someone else on the team already has the idea and already pushed it up. So it's, it's, it's the constant, constant moving forward and constant change. It's a struggle. Oh, it's, a, it's a benefit though. Also <laughs> that makes it exciting, right? I mean, it it's, does. it's, you're not just managing the same, 400 employees doing the same thing over and over. I mean, your well, program must change every week almost. It, like. I mean, it does. And there's this, there's a constant, um, you know, 
external influences that we're having to be aware of, internal influences that are being aware of. Like, and you said it best, like uh, the same thing, right? It, that that little thing, that little saying just took me back to my adjuster days, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and, and nothing wrong with that, but it, it wasn't for me. But just being there, doing the same thing yeah. over and over, processing the same, and just constantly seeing like the same injured worker, seeing that <laughs> same name pop up. I'm right. just like, okay, I got to I got to do something yeah. different. <laughs> and it's job security. That constant change is what makes our job impossible to replace with yeah. AI. You know, it, it is, it is. And well, I think what I'm excited for just across the board though, it's, um, the, the steps that I've been doing, like kind of personally is just, um, getting to know people in the industry, yeah. like networking, mm-hmm. kind of building that up. Um, cause it, it, you know, helps me out professionally and personally and like just hearing, I'm, I'm kind of going off a tangent now, but hearing like people's stories, yeah. right? Like I seriously, I, I've been thriving on it. I, yeah. I love it. And, like knowing that, you know, I, when I talk to someone and I hear like some similarities to what like their struggles are going through that I'm going through yeah. on our side, it's like, okay, we could, let's talk about that. Let's kind of work that out yeah. and, you know, and see what, you know, if I could take away something that I could take back to my leadership or the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really cool. That is cool. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming down and chatting with us, Chad. Uh, it was great to spend some time with you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I appreciate being here. Thank you. Uh, thank you both. All right.